the Gerontological Society of America Momentum Discussions. Welcome to the Momentum Discussion podcast series, where researchers, educators, and practitioners stimulate dialogue on trends with great momentum to advance gerontology. Welcome to this podcast. My name is Molly Perkins, and I'm one of the co-conveners of the GSA Interest Group on HIV, AIDS, and Older Adults. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Meredith Green, who is a member of the GSA HIV, AIDS, and Older Adults Interest Group. Dr. Green is an assistant professor in the Department of Medicine, Division of Geriatrics at the University of California, San Francisco. She's a board-certified internist, geriatrician, and American Academy of HIV Medicine Specialist. She also is the Associate Director of the Geriatric HIV Consultation Clinic at San Francisco General Hospital, where she provides weekly geriatric consultations for patients living with HIV. Dr. Green is interested in the intersection of HIV and geriatric medicine and understanding how to improve care for older adults living with HIV infection. Her research is focused on functional impairment, polypharmacy, and geriatric syndromes in older HIV-positive adults. So, Dr. Green, I'm delighted to have this conversation with you today. I'd like to begin by asking you a very general question. Can you tell us about how you first became interested in HIV in older adults? Sure, and thank you, Molly, for that really kind introduction. I So, for me, I think it was towards the end of my residency in internal medicine, where I was figuring out what my next steps were going to be. And I was hearing something about, you know, an increasing number of older adults living with HIV and that this was becoming a concern to some of the HIV clinics. And I was interested in doing HIV primary care But for me, it also was a way to combine really my interest even since medical school in both um, geriatrics and infectious diseases. Um, Because even as a student, I had recognized that I think we often think of these areas being very different or disparate. And I actually feel there are a lot of similarities, notably that these were the rotations I was on as a student where I felt like really the interdisciplinary team was very valued and really important. And also two fields of medicine that really focused on addressing the social determinants of health in coming up with plans for individuals. What research have you been most proud of conducting on HIV and older adults? Sure. Yeah. So my, I mean, my day-to-day involves both clinical practice and research, which you shared some of my research. And I I guess if I had to pick one thing, um, I think some of the work that I actually did during my fellowship, because I really felt a need that we needed to move beyond just focusing on comorbidities as defining aging, Um, And so I had worked with the SCOPE cohort at San Francisco General and um, did essentially did kind of mini geriatric assessments on, I think, around 150 older adults and really tried to characterize the, the geriatric conditions or geriatric syndromes that they were facing. And 
I think to me, I'm very proud of that work because it kind of shifted so we can really focus on identifying aging related syndromes and conditions and not just um, other comorbidities. So now I'd like to switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit about how HIV affects older adults. What do you think is the biggest misconception about older adults with HIV? So I think the biggest misconception is that HIV is not a concern for older adults. Um, and I think kind of two parts of that. One, I think um, we as a society don't feel that older adults are probably at risk for HIV. Um, and you don't really see that many targeted HIV prevention campaigns geared towards older adults. Um, and then I think also that, you know, and that relates more to, you know, people newly diagnosed with HIV or risks for HIV. But I think also even for people who have aged with HIV um, or long-term survivors, I think sometimes there's this misconception, well, HIV is a, a chronic illness now. It's not really that big of a concern. But I think the reality is that for people who have aged with HIV, there's a lot of things that travel along with HIV, whether it's the increased risk of, you know, cardiovascular disease or other comorbidities and some unique psychosocial issues, um, especially if you think of HIV long-term survivors that really need to, to be addressed. I'm wondering if you could comment on older adults living with HIV and the COVID-19 virus. Um, are you seeing these patients? Um, what are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, um, I actually, that. thank you for asking that because I think we really have to recognize that for a group of people, this is not their first pandemic that they are dealing with. And I think we have to recognize and acknowledge that the HIV AIDS pandemic is still ongoing and that there is no cure, there is no vaccine. Um, and I think while there are obviously differences between the HIV virus and SARS-CoV-2 virus, um, I think for some of the older adults I work with, they've had a lot of different responses. Some have almost felt re-traumatized um, with, you know, some of the fear and anxiety and, and what often feels like a lack of a coordinated response in, in, in our country has really kind of brought back some of what they experienced in the 80s and 90s with the AIDS epidemic in the United States. Um, and others have had, you know, different views in that they're like, I've already been through this. I've already been told that I was going to die and I didn't. And, you know, have kind of a different perspective than, you know, with some of the fear and anxiety around COVID. So I actually think it's a really important idea. And I think we should, we should try to draw and learn from what, especially long-term survivors, have gone through and see how that could help older adults coping through our current pandemic. Dr. Green, you've provided a lot of important insights. 
Um, what would you most want people to know about older adults with HIV from your practice and from your research? Yeah, I mean, I think some of it is is one, I would just say, you know, this resilience that I am seeing, especially thinking about COVID, um, that this is a group, if you think of older adults living with HIV-1, this is a very diverse group, not just in terms of, you know, there are people who are newly infected with HIV at older ages versus, you know, people who have aged with HIV. You know, we we know, unfortunately, that HIV disproportionately impacts Black and other communities of color and sexual and gender minorities. And you really have to take, you know, this is a very diverse group of older adults who are going to have different needs and different perspectives. And I, and I think, you know, I touched on the resilience. I think learning how to draw on the resilience that I see in so many older adults. And also, I think in terms of service delivery, I do think it's worth for especially gerontologic providers to think about offering services or thinking about service delivery at relatively younger ages for this group. We tend to use 50 and older as a cutoff as opposed to sometimes what we see as like 65 and older for some aging services. So I think that's something else to to consider. With regard to research, um, can you comment on any new exciting findings in the field that have a lot of potential for improving policies or treatment of older adults with HIV? Yeah, I actually, I mean, thinking about policy specifically, I, I actually feel like 2020, despite COVID and everything else that went along with 2020, I actually feel like there was a lot of interest and enthusiasm from policymakers um, in this area. And specifically, I can think of, you know, the Health Resources and Services Administration that administers the federal Ryan White program released two white papers about um, aging and HIV services. Um, there was a focus at the National Ryan White Conference. Um, grant makers and aging had also convened a two-day work group kind of think tank around thinking about aging services and HIV services. And I actually feel like there was a lot, there's finally a lot of attention and needed attention on this area that will hopefully then, if policymakers are thinking of it, is going to result in real impact um, for older adults with HIV. We've really seen the field of HIV and aging grow, um, especially in the last few years. And a lot of um, young researchers and new practitioners coming into the field. What would you say to these folks who are interested in aging and HIV? Um, I would say yes, welcome. <laughs> Please, this is a. I feel like this is an area of research that is still really wide open, and I think there's a lot of opportunities. I think there's still a lot of questions that can be answered. Whether it's like you know, the psycho from either like a psychosocial perspective or medical needs or like pharmacology. I think there there are a lot of things that we still can learn 
Um, and I think sometimes it may feel daunting um, thinking about like working kind of across two fields. Um, and I just, I feel like we need more aging and gerontologic providers and perspectives in kind of the HIV arena. And so I think I, yes, welcome to anyone who has an interest and please, um, please go for it because you are needed. Thank you for that. Um, you've provided many thoughtful and important insights today. Um, what is one last message that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Yeah, I mean, I was so glad you asked the question about, um, you know, experiences in COVID-19, because this is something I've been thinking about a lot as I see people, you know, every week in clinic. Um, I think the other thing, so I think one would be really, you know, learning from the resiliency, especially of HIV long-term survivors and thinking about what we can learn from them and applying that to other groups of older adults. I think the other thing too is that there's really many of the people that have aged with HIV had to learn self-advocacy, um, you know, were parts of huge, you know, activism and advocacy movements. If you think of like groups like ACT UP, and I really think we should be thinking about how to better channel that energy and that skill set of this activism and advocacy, because I think there would there are ways then that we could channel that to really advocate for all older adults. Well, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed having this conversation, and I know that our listeners will enjoy hearing this. Um, I'd like to thank our listeners for joining us today and to join others who are interested in understanding HIV and older adults, please visit geron.org and sign up for the GSA interest group on HIV, AIDS and older adults. Thank you all very much. To learn more about the Gerontological Society of America, visit geron.org. The Gerontological Society of America was founded in 1945 to promote the scientific study of aging, cultivate excellence in interdisciplinary aging research, and education to advance innovations in practice and policy. For more information about GSA, visit geron.org.